I wanted to bring a small story to, to this uh, sitting. Uh, I think uh, some of you may know this story already. It is um, buried in the Samyutta Nikaya. It's in the uh, amongst uh, over a hundred pieces in the Samyutta Nikaya on the Satipatthanas and it is a charming little story, quite terse and small. And it's a story about a little girl named Frying Pan. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Frying Pan had it to be saved. Uh, they were, uh, frying Pan underwent an involuntary sex change in the commentarial literature. Um, frying pan is probably a girl we would expect about 10 years old and um, is the hero of our little story and uh, some of the commentators felt oh, uh, felt necessary to remark that although this is a girl's name really this was probably a boy yeah <laughs> so she had to uh, undergo uh, some rescue to be reinstated as a girl and the story goes as follows, where the, the Buddha meets, uh, gathers some of his monks and he tells them this story. And he tells them of an acrobat, bamboo acrobat, traditionally um, a low caste activity. And his acrobat had an assistant called Meda Katalika, frying pan. And his assistant we have to imagine, it's not quite clearly described, but we have to imagine that that bamboo acrobat basically traveled the villages and had a bamboo pole. And I would expect that he placed it either here on his, you know, uh, uh, substernum jugularis, I believe is this point called, yeah? Uh, or placed it on the forehead, yeah? And it looks like the girl climbed over his legs and his shoulders onto the pole and climbed up the pole. And I would expect that the name frying pan doesn't uh, denote the little girl's kitchen activities nor, nor a lack of curvaceousness, but actually what she did on that pole, I would expect that she was probably balancing horizontally. Yeah? She was planking. Yeah? That's what I suspect. She was climbing that pole and probably planking, and they did their number, collected some money, and went home. So the Buddha recounts how <coughs> the acrobat, basically, who is not really the acrobat, who is the standing guy, yeah, that has to be said, uh, addresses his assistant and says, You know, um, you look after me. And I look after you, the word is rakati, to protect. I protect you and you protect me. And together we go about our business safely and you climb down again and we collect some money and go on. Yeah. And now, so far, so good. And now the unexpected twist comes in. The bamboo acrobat's assistant disagrees with, with her master. She addresses him as master. And uh, she says, no, no, this won't work that way. You know, 
you look after yourself and I look after myself and together we conduct our business safely, collect the money and move on. And then pause in the narrative frame, the Buddha turns to his monks and says, and in this particular instance, I agree with the girl. Yeah? Indeed, she was right. It is by protecting yourself uh, first and then uh, each of you has to protect himself and herself. Yeah? So he gives her right. And then he repeats that statement and adds, but by protecting yourself, you protect others. And by protecting others, you protect yourself. So first, he assents that the girl, which you know, was quite unexpected to disagree with her master, because that has some implications. A, generally, disciples don't disagree with their masters, and B, certainly not when they're girls. And see that makes some statements about the masters. You know, if he doesn't know the very basics of this trade, that doesn't let him stand there in a very sort of experienced light. So this is something unusual there. And the Buddha adds to this, making an emphasis, saying, "Yes, the girl was right." Yeah. And then he adds a twist while having given her the correct picture. He then adds, but it is by protecting yourself that you protect others. It is by protecting others that you protect yourself. So, in a way, he, what was diametrically opposed in the statement of the master, you know, look after uh, the other, and in the statement of the girl, look after yourself, suddenly becomes sort of uh, put together dialectically, sort of woven together, stating that the act of protecting yourself also leads to the protection of the other, and the protection of the other also leads to the protection of yourself. So he takes the contradictive thorn out of these statements, after having first given her right. And then he says, okay, how does one protect others by protecting oneself? And then he says, it is by cultivating bhavanaya by uh, following through asevanaya and by dedication, by making much of one's practice. Yeah? Remember, these are the satipatthanas. We're speaking here in the context of satipatthana. So, by cultivating the satipatthanas, one protects not just oneself, but also the other. By making much of this practice, by dedication to this practice, um, um, and by repeated uh, application. So, cultivation, dedication, repeated application are the things that I do to protect myself that also protect you. And then he adds, and how does one protect oneself by protecting others? And he says, it is by forbearance, kantiya. It is by avihingsaya, by harmlessness. It is by metataya, by loving kindness, friendliness. 
and it is by anudataya, by uh, compassion, yeah, by caring for the other. In this way, monks takes up the frame again. In this way, monks, one protects oneself by protecting others. It's a very neat little story because in a way it summarizes Buddhist ethics in a nutshell. You have looking after yourself and you have to start with yourself. That's why he assents with the girl who disagrees with her teacher who says, look after me and I look after you. The girl disagrees with that and the Buddha gives her right. You have to look, you have to begin with yourself. But it's not as, as opposite or as dia- diametrically opposed as it may sound. Namely, because if you look after yourself properly, you also look after others. If you look after others properly, you also look after yourself. How do you do this? Looking after yourself means you practice, you give yourself to it, you make much of this practice, dedication, application, and doing a lot of it. Looking after others means you practice forbearance, you practice harmlessness, you practice kindness, and you practice compassion. That doesn't just feel good to others, this also cultivates your own heart. So you have altruism and individualism there in one little message. For pragmatic reasons, you need to start here. I do not believe that systems make human beings better. A system is not better than its components. Um, I do believe this is true for communities, for for uh, social polity. Um, I do believe this is true just on every level. You cannot make the institution better than the individual in that institution. You have to start with the individual. So you have to start with your own heart, with the wars and the conflicts and the contradictions and the oscillations in your own heart. I think that's why he starts. That's why he sides with the girl who says, you know, if we do not manage to look after ourselves, it's probably not so easy to look after others. At the same time, that self-care is not exclusive of caring for others. I think this is a powerful little image. It's to be found in the 47th of the Samyutas. I can give you the number probably. It's number 19. Yeah, The bamboo acrobats. Or actually the title of the sutta is called Sedaka. That's the place where this has happened. So, consider looking after yourself and looking after those folks around you when you those of you who go home um, we let you go I'm gonna ring this bell and then we change posture yeah we don't stop meditating retreat doesn't stop you're just changing posture and having a slight different format of mind but this begin, this continues safe trip.